Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, July 8th. If we've learned anything over these past four months, it's that even in the midst of a global pandemic, the tennis world never stops moving, whether it be at the professional, junior, college level. The news never stops. Of course, that's why we started this Mini Break podcast, to keep all of you listeners up to date on everything going on throughout the tennis world. Uh, But there is a lot to keep track of, and so hopefully all of you have been following along with us over these past not only couple of days, weeks, but really these past couple of months. There are so many storylines with so many moving pieces. Of course, you continue to wonder as a tennis community, will we be able to see professional tennis return in 2020? Of course, as of right now, things scheduled to begin at the beginning of August, but the more we talk to players, and of course, our Cracked Rackets team just had the chance to go down and watch two exhibition events, one for the ATP uh, guys in Miami, J.C. Aragoni's Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition in Miami, the other for the women, the Young Kings Scholarship uh, Tennis event that we were at this past weekend at the Top Seed Tennis Club in Nicholasville, and you talk to those players, and yes, they continue to ramp up their own exhibition schedules. Yes, we continue to see, you know, World Team Tennis seems to be scheduled to rock and roll come uh, next week. The start, I think it's supposed to start July 12th, so next Monday, um, but there's still so much uncertainty surrounding pro tennis. We still don't know exactly what it will look like when it returns, particularly given all of the logistical nightmares, given the fact that travel bans are in place, that Americans are aren't welcome in certain parts of the country or certain parts of the globe, excuse me, because in our country, the virus numbers continue to be spiking. They are yet to get under control or at least to the degree of control as they are elsewhere uh, throughout the globe. And that presents obvious logistical nightmares for tennis because it is an international sport. And these are all things we have talked about, you know, frequently over the past couple of months on the podcast. So I'm not going to regale you with all of those details. Needless to say, again, right now, a lot of moving pieces a lot of fluid parts to the storylines going on throughout the tennis world. I do have uh, something I want to talk about today specifically. That is, of course, my experience this past weekend in Nicholasville at that Young Kings uh, Scholarship Tennis event. Got to see eight of the top WTA players in the world. And while if you follow along on our YouTube channel or you happen to be a Patreon subscriber, you'll have had the chance to hear my daily recaps in either podcast form or see those YouTube videos. But I want to recap the event in its totality, so that's going to be my focus today. Some of the things I'm not going to focus on real quick before I get into my real topic. There are, again, so many different moving pieces and storylines, things such as the rankings and what they mean moving forward. The ATP WTA announcing, I believe actually it was just the ATP that announced the ranking system they plan on using for the remainder of this 2020 season. I apologize, I chugged 
uh, propel it right before I started this. It seems like it's uh, ready to uh, speak back to me. Anyways, here we go. Rocking and rolling. The rankings and what they mean. I'm not going to talk about them yet. I do plan on talking about them, which players benefit. Of course, there are some obvious ones. Players who are injured right now who had strong back halves of last year, like guy like Roger Federer, or players in general who just had strong back halves of last year, like Rafa Nadal, Daniil Medvedev, they seem to benefit more than others. Of course, everyone benefits simply because tennis is being played. Uh, and again, if this is the sort of compromise we have to make in order to see live tennis, who cares? Ultimately, you know, the rankings will be adjusted. They will ultimately get back to normal. Um, yes, there might be a rough six months, but guess what? There's always going to be a rough six months transition coming off of a global pandemic like this. Uh, so anyways, the point being, that's not something I want to talk about right now. I am planning on talking about it on a later date with a guest all of you listeners will enjoy, uh, but we're skipping that today. Also not going to talk about any of the new exhibition events. They continue to emerge across the globe. There are results to speak of. Today I'm just going to focus on the Young Teen Scholarship Tennis event, but yes, I'm aware there's other stuff going on. I'm also aware the Palermo Early Draw list is out, as well as the restrictions surrounding the event. Again, we'll touch on those on a later date. You know, Dominic Team commented today, today on Zverev and Djokovic. We've talked enough about things Team said over the past couple of months, so that gets a skip. You know, the Zverev Ferrer coaching controversy, he is the coach. No, he's not the coach. Actually, it's just a trial run to all of that. I say typical uh, for Alex Zverev. Don't worry, I'll love you through it all, Alex, Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that drama. The ITA operating committee is named at the D1, D3 level. Uh, We also started to learn which tennis entities took PPP loans from the federal government, at least the U.S. federal government. You know, should there be a player conduct code in wake of all of the t- players testing positive at these exhibition events to ensure that we can play pro ATP WTA ITF sanctioned events moving forward. All of that and more. Again, those are all storylines continuing to emerge, things we will continue to cover if we haven't already on this mini break podcast. Of course, if you want to hear more about those topics, go search back over the past couple of weeks and months, really, as all of those things have been quite prevalent to the discussions we've been having here on this show. But again, The focus of today's podcast is going to be my takeaways from the Young King Scholarship Tennis event because there were so many uh, high-level players in action, so many prevalent young rising you know, women in the WTA game, and you know that's our specialty here at Cracked Rackets. It always has been as someone who considers himself the next gen, I suppose, of tennis journalism. And, you know, put quotation marks around that journalism. The next-gen people are the ones I have always gravitated towards. And there were some outstanding performances I want to touch on. Of course, you all are going to be able to see all the interviews we did. Interviewed 14 out of the 16 players we saw on camera. You'll see those live on our YouTube channel. So just go hit that subscribe button so you don't miss anything. You know when it comes out. Also, you'll hear them in our Cracked Interviews podcast in that form. So be on the lookout for all those things. Go like, rate, subscribe, review if you have haven't already and some of those release dates can be fluid again it's 14 different videos 14 different interviews for super producer daniel westoff to sift through uh you know we don't want to kill him and i feel like we get closer and closer every day so be on the lookout for all the, those things the easiest thing to do would just to be to subscribe and then you will automatically get a notification upon those things being released uh but today of course again i'm going to talk about what i saw in nicholasville of course the reason we at cracked records are able to travel to a 
events such as the exhibitions we were able to go to over these past couple of uh, I suppose these past 10 days are because of the support we get from our sponsors and no sponsor supports us quite like Midwest Sports and Midwest Sports has been supporting tennis players across the globe for more than 20 years by serving as one of the world's premier online retail tennis equipment suppliers. Uh, They offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match and also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping from their automated warehouse directly to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. Their well-trained staff are intimately familiar with tennis equipment and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect tennis clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these products by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. Once you're there, you're going to get yourself some stuff. Let's just be honest. And once you do, know that you can save a little bit of money by using our promo code CR15. Not only will you get 15% off, you'll get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding 70 and best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Midwest Sports want to ensure you have everything you need to make your return to the court a successful one. You can do that by going to their website, MidwestSports.com, and using that promo code CR15. Also, you want to make sure you're putting the right sort of stuff in your body. You want to stay healthy, stay fit, so that, again, when you get back to the court, your footwork's not a mess. You're not moving out there like you have been, you know, two new ACLs in your body and like you haven't swung at a ball in over six months and there are little things you can do of course you can learn all about those things by listening to our new getting to the point thursday mini break podcast series with our friends from aerobar or you can just take our word that aerobar is the nutritious way to start your day it is your only tennis specific energy bar but more importantly than that you just know that you are giving yourself the right sort of nutritional boost to get your day going in the sort of fashion you need to to be maximally uh, to I suppose have maximum productivity uh, throughout the day. So go to aerobar.com when you're there. You use our com- promo code Cracked15. You'll get 15% off your order. Uh, and again, it is delicious. The chocolate chip, the honey, cinnamon, oat. I, I may have butchered that. It might be cinnamon, honey, oat. Uh, either way, they are both delicious. I believe if I yeah no no it is cinnamon, honey, oat. I knew I was wrong. Anyways, both are exquisite. You will like them. I guarantee it. Go to aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACKED15. And again, be on the lookout for our episodes of Getting to the Point with our friends from Aerobar every Thursday on the Mini Break Podcast. Have another great one scheduled tomorrow uh, with assistant head coach for the UNC men's tennis team, Trip Phillips. So you can all be on the lookout for that. All right. With that being said, again, let's recap what I saw this weekend. And I recapped day one on our YouTube channel already. So I will simply recap the results from that day. It was Pagula over Bouchard, 2-5. McNally over CC Bellis in three sets. Shelby Rogers knocked out Jamie Loeb in straights. Leila Fernandez over Marlene Parto, 6-4-6-1 on day one. To hear more about that day, again, go check out the YouTube channel. Let's get into day two. And one of my biggest takeaways from this weekend, one of perhaps the things I'm most excited about, and just to rehash these details real quickly, we've had this player on the pod multiple times, whether it be with me and Vicky Duvall. I think she was on once with just Vicky as well. Uh, she, of course, also did the play-by-play call for our 2017 University of Michigan Club Tennis National Championship match. That, of course, is CeCe Bellis, who I will always be a fan of because, again, she called the match that may have been the only somewhat, not even really, but in my 
my mind, immensely significant tennis match I've ever played. Uh, so, of course, a significant bond there. But, you know, CC Bellis, it's a story uh, that many people are familiar with, I'm sure, at this point, was, you know, one of the most accomplished juniors, uh, accomplished American women in the junior ranks, probably of the 21st century. Uh, of course, won her first match at the U.S. Open, I believe, at the age of 15, was already top 40 in the world by the time she was 18, won all of the various national championships at the USTA level, an accomplished international player as well. About as close to a sure thing as you can get in terms of young prodigal, uh, pro- young prodigies, I was going to say prodigal talent. I didn't pronounce that right. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Uh, she was a young prodigy, and it was clear she was going to succeed. And then, of course, injuries have slowed her down. She missed 18 months about from Miami uh, 2018 through the end of last season or ended up playing a little bit at the end of last year. Of course, at the start of this season, she was able to play the Australian Open, won a couple of matches there, and she's finally starting to get healthy now. Our Crack Rackets team was supposed to see her in Nicholasville when we were there in February for the 100K. She ended up pulling out of that event as a precautionary measure to ensure she wasn't playing too many matches too quickly. And I can, I'm so happy to report that finally, 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 and we got the chance to talk to her. You'll be able to see our interview with her again on our YouTube channel as soon as it's released. But CC Bellis is finally healthy, folks. And I will say this, and I know it's a hot take because with Anisimova, with Goff, you know, Keys, Stevens, still so young as well, and Katie McNally, Katie Volinets, Ann Lee, Claire Liu, you can go on and on and on with how many talented young American women there are right now. CeCe Bellis belongs at the top of any conversation of young, talented American women on tour right now. I'm telling you, folks, she was that good over the course of this weekend. She was up on Katie McNally 6-4-5-4 on Friday before, again, being unable to serve out that match. But that's something that comes when you haven't played that many competitive matches over a long time period. You get the jitters when you're trying to serve out a match. And certainly Katie McNally, who I'll talk about in a little bit, her ability to play aggressively, to play to win, even when under a little bit of pressure, uh, that was so admirable. It's why it's, I'm so excited for her upside as well. And I just think, though, CeCe Bellis, there are just things she does on a tennis court you can't teach. You can't teach that sort of instinct. You can't teach that sort of movement, that sort of fluidity, that sort of natural contact point where every ball she hits, she hits perfectly in the center of the racket. She hits it cleanly. She can play defense. She can turn defense into offense. Of course, you know, she's not going to overwhelm you with her physicality in terms of, you know, it's not a Serena or a Sabalenka where they're just hitting you off the court. But the way she moves around the court, she's a plus athlete, a plus mover, one of the better movers in my opinion, or at least has the potential to be one of the best movers in the women's game. Again, she can change directions, change speeds, change trajectories, hit short angles. I mean, she worked Jeannie Bouchard in straight sets on day two, I think was a heavy favorite to uh, to beat Layla Fernandez. Unfortunately, that match didn't happen. Fernandez pulling out as a precautionary measure uh, due to injury. But I'm all in on CeCe Bellis. I think Sophia Kennan, justifiably, as a Grand Slam champion, is probably the young American woman to beat if you want to name Coco Goff number two, given how successful she's been uh, before turning 16. I can't knock you there either. Certainly in the top five, because CeCe Bellis, you forget, again, she was top 40 before she had turned 19 years old. Uh, she turns, if she hasn't turned 21 yet this year, she is turning 21 this year. 
she is still so young, folks. There's so much career still ahead of her, and I just think she has every skill in her toolbox. And so, you know, p- pencil her in. I think Kennan's one for me. I think Bellis is two. I just see every skill there. I don't see a world where at a minimum she's not a top 30 player. And I just think the contrast, her style of play compared to so many others, uh, there's a reason she's been at the top of her peer group for as long as she has been. There are a lot of people on tour, a lot of young talents who might be able to hit the ball with a little bit more natural pop, but certainly the way CeCe Bells absorbs pace, the way she moves the ball around the court, Guaranteed top 50 player, guaranteed top 30 in my opinion. I think she can get back to the top 10 and compete at the highest levels of the women's game. But I'm an optimist, folks. And so again, uh, CeCe Bellis, major winner for me coming out of the weekend. Katie McNally, 2-1 coming out of this weekend, another major winner. And again, I'm going to focus on the young Americans first. Uh, I mean, you're never going to see an 18-year-old more confident in their identity as a tennis player than Katie McNally. She just knows exactly what she wants to do, and there's a reason, you know, she made six junior Grand Slam finals, five in doubles, one in singles. There's a reason she's already top 50 in the WTA Tour in doubles. She's a top 120, 125 uh, singles player as well. It's because she knows exactly how she wants to execute. She wants to hit the big serve, look for forehands, whether they be inside in, inside out, down the line, and then move in behind that forehand. She's also one of the few players who plays with a lot of of slice on her backhand side. Now, she can hit through it, but she's also very comfortable playing the slice, chipping and charging, serving and volleying. She wants to get to the net as frequently as possible. And again, you just don't see that that frequently on the WTA Tour. And given all the success she had in the juniors in doubles, I think she's got the upside of the number one doubles player in the WTA Tour. I texted this to my friend Jonathan Kelly at Joe Kelly underscore tennis. Some of you may know from the Tennis Twitter universe. Of course, he's on hiatus now, uh, but I have the fortune, I suppose, of calling him a friend. And so I can say that I still throw ideas his way. I w- this is quite the pronouncement, and maybe it's because Mr. McNally, Big John, as they call him affectionately, uh, is someone I've grown somewhat close with and I've got the chance to chat with all weekend, socially distanced, of course, behind our masks, um, but still we chatted quite a bit this weekend. Uh, it would shock me if Katie McNally doesn't win some sort of Olympic medal during her career because she's that proficient at doubles, whether it be mixed, whether it be women's doubles. I mean, obviously she's an incredible singles player as well, but... I just think it's a guarantee. Lock that in. I don't know if you can find that. Maybe our friends at DraftKings will give you that bet if you offer them enough money. Uh, But I would lock in over the next 15 years, CeCe Bellis will win at least one Olympic medal. I think she's that talented at doubles. Again, she's that. I'm just that sure she's going to reach her upside as well because she knows exactly what she wants to execute. And I'm a little bit worried, you know, the same way CeCe doesn't have that obvious weapon, and it's why to staple her into the top 10 is a little bit difficult. For Katie McNally, there's no obvious plan B, right? And I think Bellis had a lot of success when she was able to get the ball deep into the McNally backhand. I think Katie McNally, really good shape right now, you know, really excels physically for an 18-year-old, her fitness top-notch, um, but... You know, I think CeCe Bells was able to move around the court a little bit, expose that backhand side, 
What I worry for McNally right now, she just tries to hit her way through everything. There's no obvious plan B, but I think when your plan A is as good as it is right now when you're Katie McNally, that's fine. The fact that she knows what she wants to do already this early in her career, uh, that's a major win, and that's why I'm very much positive with her. And again, she went 2-1, and one, good win over Layla Fernandez, worked her. Uh, Fernandez just didn't have a weapon to hurt Katie McNally, and so everything was played on Katie's terms. She beat CeCe as well, lost to Jess Pagula, who I just think physically hit the ball a little bit too big, exposed some of Katie McNally's weaknesses. But overall, I am very, very confident that Katie McNally is going to be an exceptional player. One of those players who I think will be top 50, both singles and doubles, for the majority, if not all, of her career, should she choose to play both singles and doubles throughout her career. And I think she should because she has the chance to be one of, if not the most, you know, one of the most special players uh, in the women's doubles game I think we've seen in quite a bit of time. Uh, those were the young American women in terms of the other Americans. Not that they're not young, but the other American women you may want me to hear, touch on. The best player at the event was Shelby Rogers, and Shelby Rogers, 27, 28 years old, she had reached the top 50 in 2017, had knee surgery at the start of 2018 around Charleston, missed about, you know, 12, 15 months of actions, and had started to work her way back towards the top 100. She was the best player and the only player to go 3-0 this weekend, and it wasn't even close. Her serve, her forehand were the two most dominant shots in the event. I mean, she looks like she's just in incredible shape right now, was moving so well, was finding the exact shots she wanted to hit. I mean, she worked Jess Pagula, who, by the way, was outstanding this weekend. I thought Pagula, Rogers, Bellis, McNally probably on a separate class from everyone else. Then I thought Fernandez was really good. Bouchard was pretty good as well. Uh, but I just thought those four were on a different level, playing a different caliber of tennis. It was top 100 tennis consistently. Uh, that's how good all four players were. Again, Shelby Rogers, her ability to find the serve, the forehand was just exceptional. Uh, you know, uh, Jess Pegula deserves some credit as well too because she plays a little bit flat and, you know, it's a lot of baseline tennis, but the power she's able to generate, her movement, the confidence she has to go big down the line and to play big through all moments. There's a reason she's number 80 in the world. There's a reason she was a top 50 player, made that final in a top 50, I'm saying in the year-end race, made that final in Acapulco to start 2020. Uh, she's a player who's hitting her prime, and I think both her and Shelby Rogers, whenever play resumes their staples, you're going to see them in the top 75, maybe even both of them in the top 50 of the WTA singles rankings. That's how high of a level of play they are showing. And, and, you know, again, all of these players I've talked about clearly putting in the right sort of work, taking advantage of this time period to work on their games to better themselves as tennis players, which is ultimately fantastic news. If you are a tennis fan, that's exactly what you want to hear. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Let's move on though to the Canadians a little bit. Let's talk about two other players players uh, who, again, notable in this game, important uh, players to the grander picture, I suppose, of the women's game, Jeannie Bouchard and Layla Fernandez. Now, let's start with Jeannie Bouchard. 
She was there this weekend with uh, her new travel companion, I suppose, Renee Stubbs, the former, you know, I should say, a member of our Tennis po- Channel Podcast Network, the former world number one in doubles, a multi-time slam champion herself. Uh, and their partnership was exceptional. It's so clear the energy Stubbsy, and I'm going to call her that because we got the chance to chat a little bit this weekend, that energy she gave off is exactly what Jeannie Bouchard is looking for. She's serious, but she's laid back. She's very confident, but she's not going to get you know overdramatic. She's not, overdramatic is the wrong word. She's not going to be overbearing is the word I'm looking for. She's not going to smother you in her knowledge. She's going to work with you. She's going to offer her perspective. She's going to encourage you. She's going to say, hey, I am telling you Jeannie and we did we saw this multiple times in the mat in the match on day one Bouchard goes down a 6-2 first set to Pagula Bouchard ends up being up 5-4 serves for that second set in between set one and two uh coach Stubbs came out during a coaching timeout and you could tell that adjustment worked same thing in her match on day three against Jamie Loeb uh Jeannie goes up it looks like it's going to be a blowout and she goes up comfortably 5-1 uh then Loeb ends up coming back Bouchard wins the set 6-4 Coach Stubbs comes out. Uh, Bouchard races out to another 5-1 lead. Coach Stubbs, uh, then Jamie Loeb, able to fight back 5-2, I believe then it was, I think, after the 5-2 game that Coach Stubbs came back out. Or maybe I'm screwing up the score. I could very well. Actually, I think it was 3-4 was the score. Uh, I think Coach Stubbs comes back out after Jeannie blows a 5-1 lead, 2-5-4. Stubbs comes out. You you could see them talking about it. You could see Renee encouraging Jeannie. You know, all weekend long, there were fun pointers, too, when there was doubles being played. You know, move in, cross, be aggressive, you know, have fun with it. And I loved the partnership. I also think Jeannie Bouchard, talk about an incredible talent. The ball explodes off of her racket still. It's clear she is also in tip-top physical shape as well. I mean... There, I didn't know there were that many muscles in the back until I saw Jeannie Bouchard playing this weekend. Unbelievable the sort of shape that she is still in. And yet the streaks of errors are still there. And you could tell with Coach Bouchard, it was about encouraging her to, you know, go after her shots. And it's okay because there are such a thing as good errors. It is okay to be aggressive, to go down swinging, particularly in an exhibition Uh, But there are also streaks of carelessness as well. You know, the backhand drop shots or the ridiculous on-the-run stuff where you're just like, what are you doing? Or just lapses maybe in concentration. And yet still, I thought Coach Stubbs got really good tennis out of Jeannie. I thought Jeannie's losses to CeCe and Pagula were not bad losses. I'm not sure she has the consistency yet to be top 100 week in, week out. But the talent is still there. And for me, that was a big positive because there were streaks when Jeannie was a top 50 player this weekend, there were also streaks when she was barely a top five. Well, actually, I would say that's a good thing. There were streaks when she was top 50. There were also streaks when she was a top 200 player again, but maybe not more than that. And that, what I'm saying is that range, you know, continues to get reined in. And I think she still does have the sort of upside we saw from her 2014 season where she goes semifinals, semifinals, finals, fourth round at the four majors. She reaches as high as number five in the world. That player is still in there, and I think if anyone's going to help find it and bring it back out of Jeannie, it's going to be Coach Renee Stubbs. So that was a really cool thing to see. You know, for Layla Fernandez, I mean, the girl can do everything on a tennis court. 17 years old, Acapulco finalist this past, in 2020. Uh, she was also a junior, a junior French Open champion, excuse me, in 2019. 
Uh, I don't think I'm, this is anything new because we've talked about her a lot on this mini break podcast. So hopefully you listeners are familiar with her game. But lefty, crafty, comfortable moving forward, solid game all around, high floor as a tennis player, shows a willingness to move forward, hit the swinging volley out of the air, take time away from her opponents. That shows her, you know, her floor as a tennis player, whether it's singles, doubles, whatever it may be. She's going to be top 50 for a long time. I think she's a really talented, uh, again, player. Uh, not going to overwhelm you with power, and I still don't see the obvious weapon, but her ability to do a little bit of everything, it's Nakashima-esque, right, on the men's side, and she's even more accomplished than Brandon Nakashima at this point, which speaks to how talented she is, but again, that same idea of just a high-floor player. There are too many things she does well to see her ever flopping as a talent, Uh, and I also think she had that Bellis quality to her as well, where it's just you watch them strike a tennis ball, and you're just like, oh, this is exactly what this person should be doing with their life. They are extraordinarily, exceptionally good at this one skill. And, you know, thank the tennis gods that our tennis racket found their hands because CeCe Ballas, Layla Fernandez, just exceptional strikers of the ball. Uh, you know, for Jamie Loeb, I don't want to rag on her. It was not a great weekend for her performance-wise. I'm sure she was still finding her bearings. Uh, you know, those courts were playing particularly fast, but just not the greatest weekend of tennis from her. Just a lot, you know, just very, very streaky play. Who I you know I, I pronounce it like that because I said to her, hey, I'm calling you Marine Parto on the broadcast, and that doesn't feel right. Like, how would you pronounce it? To which she says, well, how would you pronounce it, Alex? And I said, well, I would probably go with Marine Parto if I was going all in and you know going for a French pronunciation. She said, actually, that's pretty good. Go, and I was like, okay, like should I use that? And she's like, yeah, do that one instead. And so I said, all right, that's what I'm going to go with. And so for Marine Parto. Uh, really confident with her overhead, really exceptional backhand down the line, but was just at a firepower disadvantage too. I would say, uh, you know, significantly to the other eight players in the ev- or other seven players in the event. Now, she did manage to grind out a win over Jamie Loeb. Jamie Loeb was up for love in that first set in 20 minutes before that match completely seesawed. It was a back and forth affair. Loeb ended up taking the set. You know, she goes from 4-0 up to 5-4 down to 7-5 first set. Uh, she ends up losing in a third set breaker to Parto. It was a weird one, folks. Uh, but so for both of those players, I would say, unfortunately, you know, I'm very complimentary of them both as individuals in terms of their level. It was a, you know, I would say a significant step lower from the other six players we are talking about. But it was an exceptional weekend of action, and I have to give a huge shout out to the top seed tennis club staff: John Sanders, you know, my girl HW41, Haley Wilson, just all of them there. Uh, they put on a, a top flight event, and you know, it was our second time down there. They treated us like family as well. Uh, so. I am so fortunate to have gotten the chance to be there, and a huge shout-out to them again. See all the safety precautions measures they had in place. There were no crowds. Everyone was wearing masks. Temperatures were checked upon entrance, and you know, everyone just observing social distancing and just being responsible. So again, shout out to the top seed staff. We're so grateful for them continuing to have us there and hopefully we get the chance to work together again soon because that staff, that site in Nicholasville, the top seed club is beautiful. All of the players 
Rogers were saying as much in our interviews. And, you know, again, it's an exceptional site. So shout out to all of them. Shout out to our friends at the Tennis One app, Randy Master, Rachel, Rachel Stuhlman, uh, the entire tech team that was there, all of them for giving us the opportunity to be on the play-by-play broadcast to work with them. It was exceptional. You know, they are exceptional. There's a reason they're the official app for the World Team Tennis season coming up. Uh, it was a great pleasure to work with them. So shout out to them. And of course, uh, we were able to raise money for an exceptional scholarship as well, the Young King Scholarship, fighting to end all the racial inequities we see in our current education system. You know, that's a cause all of us can get behind, particularly given the recent events within the United States. So, you know, shout out to everyone who played a part in executing this event. Shout out to all of the players for being as kind, candid, compassionate, friendly with our Cracked Rackets team as they all were. Again, we have 14 of the 16 players on camera via interview. A couple of them we got multiple times, so all of you are going to be able to see all of that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, to the Cracked Interviews podcast. You don't want to miss out on anything. I still can't tell you exactly when those interviews are going to be released because, again, we don't want to kill super producer Max Fligner nor Daniel Wesson. By the way, shout out to the two of them for the of an editing job they have to do because, again, there's so much content we were able to produce uh, or to get, I suppose. Now we are just in the production stage, and all of you should be on the lookout for that. And, again, like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, uh, the Cracked Interviews podcast, our Inside Out podcast, our YouTube channel, so that you don't miss any of our Cracked Rackets content moving forward because we've got so much great stuff in the queue. Of course, if you have missed anything to date thus far, be sure to go. You know, be, you'll be able to check up on all of it by going to our website, CrackedRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can find all of them by going and searching at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, feel free to. I'm at GreatShotPod at, on Twitter. Uh, but again, we are rocking and rolling here. We have to give a huge shout Shout out to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off. Our friends at Aerobar, who really are have been keeping me fueled for the past 10 days, go to Aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACKED15 to get 15% off and be on the lookout for all of our episodes getting to the point with our friends from Aerobar every Thursday here on the mini break. Again, tomorrow it's UNC Men's Tennis Assistant Coach Trip Phillips joining us on the show, and you're not going to want to miss it because it's going to be a really fun episode, folks. But that'll do it for today's mini break podcast. Again, huge shout out to the super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff, for the two of them, for our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks? That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.